first of 10 meetings this season between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames, and the Flames take it 6-4. They bounce back from a first period, which the Oilers dominated to get the win and up their record to 5-5-1. The Oilers' three-game winning streak is over. They are now 6-7 and seven on the season. Thanks for staying up with us. It's 5 after 11, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, and... Rob, we have to start, I think, with the story in goal tonight. And the Oilers were one of the teams pursuing Jacob Markstrom in the offseason. He decided to go with the Calgary Flames, largely because they were offering an extra year on that contract. And I I really think this is primarily a goaltending loss for the Oilers. There were a lot of chances at both ends, a total of 10 goals being scored. But at the end of the day, Markstrom made more big saves and Koskinen let in. I mean, you can, I suppose we can go through goal through goal, but you know, all goalies let in ones where you think, well, maybe he should have had it. But at the end of the day, they were maybe four of those. If he stops two, we're going to overtime. And maybe this is one point or two instead of none for Edmonton. Well, as I said to Bob, uh, just as the game ended, if he would have switched goalies during the game, uh, it's probably a different outcome. Uh, Markstrom in the first period kept the Flames in it. The, it was, it, it should have been three nothing, four nothing, possibly five nothing after one. That's how much better the the others were in the first period in Grade A scoring chances. Markstrom made big save after big save, and, and as I said earlier, that it's not that he's letting the Koskinen let bad goals in tonight, because there's none that you say, oh, that snuck through him or that you know he he should have had that, but there were six goals scored in a game and there were the others are guilty of uh, of poor defensive lapses again they they gave up breakaways they gave up two-on-ones but at times so did the flames and the flames got the saves that they needed and that's what a goalie does it's he's a great great equalizer when, when you have a breakdown when you have a good goaltender he makes that save that you need at an important time and uh, this isn't all on Koskinen but yeah in this game tonight uh Markstrom was markably better. Like he w- it was a big difference in goaltending tonight. I mean, you just had to look at the last three minutes of the hockey game, the number of times. It, the Oilers were down two goals. But if any of those goals go in, any of those shots go in that they got in the last three minutes, they still have a chance. Anytime there's time on the clock, whether you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you have a chance. But it was big save after big save, getting in the way. Uh, and the confidence you have as a team playing in front of that is huge too. And the Calgary Flames were a confident team because they had Markstrom and Markstrom gave them the two points. This, The Calgary Flames in the dressing room right now are going to have to go by Markstrom's stall and say, you know what, yeah, we owe you one because you stole two points for us tonight. Well, Robin, and I would actually argue that, I mean, there were a couple of goals specifically that got through Koskinen. The Dubé one-timer, Yes, I realize it's on the power play. Yes, I realize it's it's a one-timer, but he appeared to be over there. And Markstrom stopped plenty of one-timers that the Oilers took on the power play. And the goal in the second period that, that Backlund scored, okay, sure, it's an odd man rush for Calgary, but he stops it, and then he's looking for it, and he doesn't have it, and, it, and it's still loose, and he taps it in. And that, that's the one thing I noticed tonight. Markstrom always looked in control where's the puck where's the rebound where's my net and as we've seen with Koskinen when he's off his game and and I think the last seven or eight games he was he was better than he was on that season opening four game homestand but we saw it on that season opening four game homestand swimming around losing his net losing the puck 
and to me, we saw some of those those bad things into his game tonight. So, well, let's be honest. Sorry, this ahead. one, though, Reed, is I mean, Markstrom should be better than Koskinen. He, I mean, is he not? Would you not think he would be a better goaltender? I mean, oh what sure, we've seen well, in, yeah, absolutely. So, so that I mean, that's the the case, right? The, the Calgary Flames have a better goaltender. Uh, stat-wise, over the last number of years, than, than the Edmonton Oilers do. So, I mean, you should. I guess we're, we shouldn't be surprised that the Calgary Flames, if in a game where you needed a big save and that team's going to get the win, you shouldn't be surprised that Calgary won the hockey game then, because this he was sought after. He was the reason. One of the main reasons the Vancouver Canucks had the success they had last year was because Markstrom was so good. And what you're seeing right now too, and with Vancouver, and I watched a lot of their game tonight. They're struggling because when they have breakdowns now, again, the, the goals that they're letting in, I watched against the Leafs, have not a lot, no bad goals, but they're not getting the big save. So Markstrom can really cover up a lot of blemishes in your game. He's a good goaltender, so it's not surprising he was better. And on the other end, I mean, Koskinen, uh, he, he just, six goals against, is it, it, it doesn't matter how many opportunities the other team had six goals against is too much it means you didn't make the saves that you needed to make to give your chance your team a chance to win the hockey game 22 saves for Koskinen 28 tonight for Markstrom so Mike Smith's going to be active for the games in Ottawa so here's here's the conundrum though for for the Oilers and for the fans listening tonight because Koskinen coming into this season was the Oilers number one goalie Mm -hmm. So the Oilers are not getting Patrick Waugh in his prime back and they had to ride it out with the backup till the star returned and they went six and seven and you're thinking, hey, that's not bad. I mean, I think at this point, I would certainly perceive Miko Koskinen as a more consistent goalie than Mike Smith. Maybe just having Smith there and Koskinen not having to play every night might help Koskinen when he does start. We'll see. But Smith coming back, I have no idea what to expect. Last year, we saw extended stretches of very, very poor play, like stats that mean you sh- you're close to being out of the NHL. And we saw extended stretches of like, wow, this is 29-year-old Mike Smith again. Um, you know, he got pulled in a brief appearance in the playoffs in August. It's been a long time since he played a game. He didn't get any younger in that time. So I have no idea what to expect. I, I, I mean, and that's that's what makes this even more precarious to me. The Oilers are not getting a top 10, top 15, top 20 goaltender coming back. They're getting the guy back who is probably going to be their number two anyway, and they haven't had good enough performances from the number one. No, you're right. And it is an unknown. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, at, I, when a, now, players nowadays are different than when I played. When a guy aged when I played, he would lose a step than two steps. Or if a goaltender, the reflex, reflexes weren't near as good. Guys are in way better shape. Having said that, uh, I would still imagine a player that is older would, the longer the layoff, the more it would affect an older player than it would affect a younger player. And it would certainly, any goaltender that came in right now who hasn't played for almost a year, more or less, it would affect you. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're going to get with Smith. Um, I don't know what the injury was and how, how... much that would affect him coming back but uh, the the Oilers are a team that still has deficiencies in their game five on five they are still prone to uh, making the big mistake and they are not a good enough team 
to overcome those mistakes with average to below average goaltending. They're a team that they, they need their goaltender to be above average. And then they've got enough offensive power with the two stars and their power play to be able to win hockey games. But for them to get average goaltending, and it wasn't average tonight, but for them to get average goaltending, it'd be hard-pressed for them to win hockey games. Because you look around the teams in the National Hockey League, especially in the Canadian division, they've got some pretty good goaltenders in the Canadian division that they've got to overcome. And right now, uh, some of the games that they've won this year, they've done it. Sim- they've overcome their mistakes and they've overcome average goaltending. But over the course of the season, you need better goaltending and a better save percentage than they're getting thus far. All right, the Flames take it 6-4. Let's go back to Calgary, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, after 20 minutes, you guys heavily outshoot your opposition. You're up to one. What didn't you see in the final 40 that you saw in the opening period? Uh, I thought we... uh... Start of the second period, we got away from. We were playing a simple direct game in the first period, and uh, second period we decided we were going to turn a lot of pucks over, and uh, ended up playing in our own zone too much, and ended up in the back of our net, and we chased it for the rest of the game. Before the three-game win streak, Adam Larson called the season in the first nine games a roller coaster. You guys get on a three-game heater, and now you guys drop one tonight. What does finding that balance and finding this team's identity look like? Uh, just it's consistency in how we play. If you look at how we play in the first period, you want consistency for 60 minutes through that. But we get, uh, we make some mistakes and it ends up in the back of our net and we start chasing the game. We don't look like as good a team. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Uh, Dave, Miko lets in the first shot of the game and it looked like he was fighting the puck the rest of the game. Did you see it that way as well or were you happy with the goaltending tonight? No, I mean we're looking we're looking for some better play in front of the goalie, and the goalie could stay stop a couple more. And and just a thought on you guys really intense that first period. It, we maybe did you expect that, that push in the in the in the second by the Flames, and you just didn't respond to it as well as you would like? Uh, no, I mean we knew it was going to be a competitive game all the way through. I don't like the way we played the start of the second period because we we got away from some of the things that we were doing well, and so. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. If you don't play well, you're going to get, you're going to be chasing it, and that's exactly what we did. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, you mentioned how you get away from what you're doing well, and and it seems that when it rains, it pours for your team. Eight time this year, two goals in under two minutes against. Um, is, is that just a focus thing? Like, why is your team, you know, you can play great for a long stretch, but then really kind of fold in, you know, two goals in two minutes. There's a number of things. You need some saves. You need to be smart with the puck. There's been a number of things that come to mind that uh, that we have to improve. But there's turning points in a game that come in, and you have to recognize those. And when you don't, bad things happen. You've talked about the competitiveness and the need to keep guys in the lineup. Uh, Kara comes in, and yeah. the goal obviously is big for him, but... You know, he seemed to win a lot of battles in the ice time he had tonight. What did you think of his performance? I thought he was solid. I thought he was solid. He, uh, uh, you know, it's when the game's tight in the first period, he was doing a real good job. And then we started chasing the game before he got less ice time. But he came in, he was, he was uh, a good job on the penalty kill for us. And was, uh, he came in, played a real competitive game. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Dave, I, I know that there's a number of things here. And you're not just going to say it's all on your goalie. 
but you got a goalie that's under 900 save percentage and he's not giving you a save a lot of nights here. Uh, how do you get your goals against down if it doesn't start in net? Uh, it's, it's a combination of both. You got to play better in front of the goalie and the goalie's got to make a few more saves. All right, thank you. Final question, Jim Matheson, Post Media. A couple of things, Dave. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi tonight was really skating well and the goalie scored. Just, just emphasize, maybe he's turned the corner here offensively and then he's really going to the net with the puck. Well, what's happened is he's capitalizing on some chances. He was getting some chances before and they weren't going in and not just the ones he was shooting, but the stuff he was creating. So it's good to see him. He's getting rewarded for some of the chances he's he's around. So he uh, he played hard tonight and got a big goal for us. It's too bad we couldn't sustain it. And uh, Gaetan Hawes, is he injured, sick? Uh, how come he didn't play? He's uh, day-to-day with uh, unfit to play. Thank you. This concludes Dave Tippett's media bill. Okay, that is Dave Tippett as the Oilers fall 6-4 to the Calgary Flames. They're back below 500. can Can't get over the hump 6-7 and seven now on the season. We're going to call a quick timeout. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Well, good first period for the Oilers, but then Calgary responds in the second and puts it away in the third. Flames take it 6-4. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That is presented by Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout. Please visit jvedmonton.ca for details. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for texting in tonight. You can get us or uh, tuning in tonight. You can call us or text us at 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Hey, Greg, you're on overtime open line. Go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Uh, amazing what a goalie can do for you, right? If uh, Smith was available tonight, I'm pretty sure Koskin would have been pulled. I mean, three goals on eight shots isn't bad, right? So um, that being said, I'm just wondering if you'd rather have uh, Markstrom, like the Oilers went after this year, or Barry, Churson, and Cahoon, because before the season, uh, a lot of people were saying that they would rather have the depth and the defensemen and the scoring to uh, shore up their, you know, the forward group. Um, but I'm just wondering what your thoughts on that are. Well, well I mean, the I, goal, I'd take the goalie all the time yeah, over, over those guys. Yeah. I, would, I mean, it doesn't even matter who those three guys are. If you have a chance at a top-ranked goaltender, you, you go with the goalie. Goalie can win or lose a hockey game for you. You already got the stars up front. The thing they're missing and have been missing is a great goaltender, and I believe Markstrom is. And I think they still would. I, I, they, I mean, Cahoon and Turris aren't making a ton of money. I wonder if they could have fit those guys in anyway. Barry, uh, maybe not. But maybe there would have been some other move. But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the Oilers uh, went after Markstrom, and he he picked Calgary. And uh, you know, I, I th- one of the themes I'm seeing people, I'm not going to read every text about the goaltending everybody because it's all kind of the same theme. And I think we've we've touched on a lot of the 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 points there. I, I, I mean, look, this is if if the Oilers reach the point where they absolutely need to acquire a number one goaltender. Easier said than done, because you got to look at it from the flip side. If you're a team that has a top 15, even top 20 NHL goaltender playing for the Oilers, would you want to trade that guy? If you have a top 10 goaltender, are you going to trade? I mean, that that's the hard thing, Rob. That's that's going to be uh, if you know we reach a point later in the season where Ken Holland says, "Okay, I like my team, and the goaltending is the only thing holding him back." 
that's going to be a difficult position to get. I mean, maybe something gives in Vegas, maybe something gives in Columbus, you know, maybe, maybe a team that's doing poorly decides to part with somebody we'll see, but that's going to be costly. And I know people don't want to hear this. I mean, maybe that's Nuge. Maybe that's the first round pick. You know, I mean, that's where a discussion point starts. If you're that other team to me, when's the last time a a top goalie was traded? Can you remember? Who was our last number one goalie that you can remember? Probably Rolison. And would you trade Nuge for a goalie or even Nurse? I wouldn't. Nuge is, is too valuable for the team. Nurse as well. So what do you got to do? Because the cap space, we there's got it. It there's some, something's got to give because we have to get a goalie. If we don't, we're not going to go anywhere, and we're not going to be a contender. So I don't, I don't know what what Ken Holland can do to to rectify the problem that we have. Well, I don't. I don't think there's anything he can do. To be honest, I mean, you're not going to get a. You're not going to get as Reed said a top goalie. Top goalies don't get traded. They just don't. Uh, teams that need a top goalie like Calgary did, they went out and got one in in free agency. But in season, in, I, I don't see that happening. And so this is what the others have. I mean, you can go out and, and take someone's backups. Teams would be willing to to trade their backup, but no one's ever going to trade their starter. I mean, you build teams around great goaltenders. So uh, if there's a backup out there that on a team that is falling out of the playoffs, maybe you can go trade him. But if it's a, if you're a backup on a team falling out of the tra- playoffs, then you're probably not that good a goaltender either. So, <laughs> that's, that's the rub. So, right? I mean, yeah. the others are, to me, I, I don't see any fixes out there for the Edmonton Oilers. They are going to have to win with what they got. And even harder this year, just with all the, with the COVID rules and the quarantining and stuff like that just makes it harder but you're not going to trade for a top goalie you just you just aren't because if the teams are not going to give that up you're going to have to wait for free agency and i have no idea right now who's free agent goaltenders next year or this summer but that's when you get goaltenders you don't make blockbuster trades of top top ranked goaltenders don't happen well i mean leonard got traded leonard got traded last february 24th but he got traded he was supposed to be going as a 1a yeah he's going to be as a 1a to to, to Vegas with Flurry, but I mean, one one other goal is I. It just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Mo, mo, I mean, a lot of the goalie movement has been free agency recently yeah. for the for the top top guys, or they just yeah. stay put their entire careers, like Price and I mean, I guess Lundqvist changed teams, but he's basically played his whole career with the Rangers. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Six four, the Flames. Win it tonight. We'll quickly check the other town scoreboard. Not a very busy Saturday because some of the games have been postponed because of COVID. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In a shootout, Anaheim beats San Jose 2-1. Canadians knock off the Senators 2-1. Coyotes win in St. Louis 3-1. Islanders at home get a 4-3 win over the Penguins. Maple Leafs take it to the Canucks again. 5-1 is your final. The Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, losing tonight 4-3 to the San Diego Gulls. Well, what a treat to hear from this gentleman. He doesn't call often, but he makes it count. Frustrated fan is on the line. Hello, Double F. It is very nice to hear from you. It's been far too long. Yes, it has. Uh, I want to send my condolences to you, though, Reed, uh, for what happened in Evansburg there with that fire. Uh, and that's fair. That, that uh, kind of sucks that that happened. But my condolences to, to, to the little town because it's a little town and you probably knew the people who who had, uh, or the one, the one lady that had passed away. Well, I, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, people have asked me. I actually didn't, I didn't know them, but yeah, very, very tragic for my old hometown. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, my, the reason why I was phoning in is that 
I, I understand the the whole goaltending thing, but if we if uh, if um, Smith wasn't hurt, we wouldn't be talking about the goaltending. To 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 me, the the only two things about watching tonight's game was how did you get a penalty? And I don't and you know me, I don't normally uh, comment on the on the referees. I'm I'm normally one that backs the referees. But how do you get a penalty when you get tripped going in to uh, to take a shot on net? And uh, and get a penalty for goaltender interference when you get tripped up. Well, the referee obviously that, that, missed that, the that trip. Part, that part that part doesn't make any sense to me. The Oilers were playing well up until that point. To me, that was one of the turning points. We got back into the game when Poliari scored that beautiful goal, and then he goes and takes a penalty. We were building momentum, and that that penalty that he took. I mean, it's it, and I'm not here to I'm not blaming him for taking the penalty but that took away the the momentum we had and i think that that i and uh, i mean when you get when the oilers give up as many shots as they have been giving up every game that i mean you're gonna the goalie's gonna end up getting tired because he's probably spent he's probably faced the most rubber in in, in the league in the league this year i guess he's played he, i think he's only what he's only had one game off he's played more than carrie price he hasn't been able to get get the, the mental break from, from from playing. I know it's an er, I know it, and I know it's early in the season, but still, he he, he needs a, the mental break. And I, I I think the Oilers are are gonna just uh, flourish here because I I, I see more positives in this game tonight than I did negatives. I'm, I'm I'm I might be take, change, changing my handle from frustrated fan to not frustrated anymore because, <laughs> because because honestly I seen more positives tonight. Like you you give Goudreau that kind of a breakaway it, to to me for for Calgary he he's you give McDavid that same amount of time he's gonna put the puck in the net. I don't care yeah. who the goalie is. Like I mean you talk about soft goals. There's no way Markstrom should let uh, let Nurse score there. That was a that, that was a frick, that, that was softer than I uh, a baby's butt. Well, he was all alone in front of the net. I mean, well, no, I mean, the thing is though, he had you know time. Like I, I could go through. Uh, I, I would say three of the four goals Markstrom let in tonight were soft goals. I see. I disagree. There's no comparison tonight between the two goalies. None. Markstrom was mm -hmm. uh, ten times better than Koskinen was tonight. He's the he's the difference in the hockey game. All right. The end of the night, and I and I agree with you, Rob, that it should have been like five one by the end of the first period. Yeah, absolutely. Double F, thanks for calling. We we appreciate it, and I guess that's the hope to sort of reiterate what we were talking about early, Rob. That if if Smith comes back, maybe as uh, operating as a tandem helps both guys. And last year, at times, it worked. I mean, we do got to be fair. I, I mean, they had a good season last year and, and the goaltending was good enough to have them, you know, headed towards likely finishing second in the division and, and being in a playoff spot. But yeah, a, a night like tonight, it was, uh, was obviously pretty tough. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Four goals for the Oilers tonight. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's anonymous courtesy, James H Brown and associates serious injury lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay. We have Jackson standing by on the open line as well. Jackson, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. How are you guys doing? Good. So I'm going to try to remain positive because it was, this is a frustrating one. It felt like the Oilers were, should have gotten at least a point. When you score four goals, you should. 
win. And I know everyone's sitting here griping on goaltending. I understand why. I'm upset about it, too. But, I mean, if the defense is giving those types of opportunities to Calgary, you can't you know, blame everything on the goalie. Yeah, he has to make those stops. Absolutely, he does. But and he didn't tonight, but you can't just you know blame the goalie on everything. And I also find it weird that, like, I don't know. I think maybe Ken Holland is to blame on some of this. I know there was a lot of goalies in available in the offseason. The fact that he didn't get anything, and the only thing he ended up getting was a 40-year-old goalie, is just, I don't know. It seems weird to me. That's all. Yeah, well, that's fair. I think that's, uh, you know, Hall is the GM. You're competing with other GMs. And then when it comes to getting a goaltending goaltender for this year and shaking up the tandem, yeah, he was uh, he was beat by other guys. I mean, Koskinen was coming back. So it's basically whether or not you could find a replacement for, for Smith. We should touch on some positive storylines because I think we got to give players credit. And yes, he mm-hmm. scored again. And, and again, a confident, you know, forceful looking goal, Rob. Yeah, it was a nice goal. It was pretty. And we've never questioned his uh, God-given abilities, his talent. He is big. He is strong. He is fast. He can shoot. Uh, Sometimes his understanding of the game uh, lagged behind. Uh, And the beginning of the season, they tried giving him a a much easier role to allow him to just become a a regular NHL player. And struggles on the top line with Cassian forced forced the coach's hand, moved him up. Uh, he looked out of place at times when he first started playing with Connor, but he, he he stuck with the simple things. He got pucks in deep. He went to the net. He he battled hard. He competed harder, and that's noticeable by the coaching staff, and it's noticeable by your your teammates. And now he's gained a little bit of confidence. The puck went in from last game, and you, and you could see the the big weight lifted off his shoulders. And tonight, the the goal that he scored, that was a wonderful play. He used his speed and his strength. He gives the puck to Connor and then drives the net. And when he's going full speed, it, it's hard to contain him because he's bigger and stronger than most of the players he's going against, and he's got speed to burn. And then that, yeah, we saw the, with the goal the other night, he's got nice hands in front. And that was a beautiful goal. Another play late in the game where he and Leon did the same thing on the opposite side. So he's gaining confidence, and, and that's huge. And you, you talked about it at the beginning of the season that if Pugliarvi becomes just a regular NHL player, that that was going to be a bonus for the Oilers because they got him for nothing. And he's done more than that thus far. So I, I Bob said that tonight he looked like a fourth pick overall. And, and I, I agree. He was, this might have been the best that I've seen him play and, and seeing the, the talent level that he, he possesses. So it was a good game. And again, another good stepping stone, hopefully towards not just a, a good couple games, but a good month, and then work that into a good year. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. The Oilers goal scorers tonight. Kara gets his first. McDavid gets his ninth. Pugliarvi is third. Nurse is fourth. But Calgary wins it 6-4. Oh, my goodness. We got K-Jam on the line. Good evening, K-Jam. Thanks for staying up and giving us the call. Go ahead. Oh, I'm tired, so uh, <laughs> I thought it was worth it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, hey, you know, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of different things. The first one, though, with the goaltender situation, um, this was the bed that the Oilers made when they when they signed Koskinen, and I think that what Koskinen has shown us now is that he's a bona fide 1B. Like, he can play, you know, seven, eight, nine games a month, eight games a month, sort of in that wheelhouse, 
close. And that puts him at like a 40-game-a-year, half a schedule on an 82-game season. That's not... I think that's better than most backups, but that's not a starter. And and then another problem that comes with with Miko though is if you were to actually play him as a backup, I think that he needs to be in a bit of a groove. I think that that's his groove. Um, maybe from years of uh, KHL schedule, uh, European schedule, that really seems to be where he's comfortable with his workload. Um, and so you know you take a look at, at, at tandem options. You know if you were to go and you were to have gotten Crawford, well I mean. Crawford, he's not playing anymore. You know, uh, right. I don't think Thomas Grice is having a great season. There are a lot of other options out there that, that Ken Holland could have signed that may have been more expensive um, or may have performed, um, you know, not a whole lot better than what we're seeing out of Koskinen. And it's sort of unlucky that that Smith uh, is uh, is hurt and. But it kind of seems like they, they complement each other in that, like, Smith was a, a bona fide starter for a long time, and he does certain things with this play that really complement this Oilers squad when he executes it well. And he's another guy who, just because of age, you probably don't want in the net all the time. So, um, I, you know, it, it's sort of an unlucky situation that we're in here. But, I mean, it's there there are other things that could have been just as bad so i mean it's it's the goaltending thing isn't even really why i was calling it's sort of how my thoughts evolved listening to you know frustrated fan of stuff i think yeah. that my issue here is is really i'm wondering what we can do with with the rest of our roster that we have uh, we have a lot of players moving in and out and uh, i think that the question that the oilers need to answer now is is who are you going to try to solidify as your your main group for starting on defense and your main group for forwards i think that it's it's a wise idea to be swapping players in and out because of fatigue and stuff over the season with the condensed schedule um but I think that Jones should be playing personally, and I think that the question for the other left side D is, is really is is it Cuckoo or is it Legison? And you know, uh, putting Russell in there uh, with injuries or you know with fatigue, and um, on the right side is trying to figure out well what are you going to do when Bear is healthy? Who's coming out? Because I mean I think that there's an obvious answer there, but it's it's also not obvious when you consider things like penalty kill and. Uh, well, what was it? Is it Larson? Is it Larson? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's Larson. But then you take a look yes. at the right side defenders and who's going to play the PK. You know, it's not Barry. Bear is right. so-so maybe. Bouchard, I think that that's a little over his head for where you're at right now. So I think that that's kind of the issue. You've got three great puck movers over there. Um, and, and you don't have anybody that can play that special team role, that important special team role. Um, so I think that that's the real conundrum on the right side. And on the left side, Jones needs to continue to develop. I think that he's the most promising left D that we have other than Nurse. And for me, it's just, you know, you're picking between Cuckoo and Legacy, and they've both shown pretty well for, throughout the season as far as I'm concerned. All right. Thanks, KJ. Yeah, I think you hit on some good things that the coaches are, are considering, and, and I think we should, to talk positives, Rob, as the Oilers lose 6-4 to the Flames, uh, again, I, I like what I saw from Evan Bouchard. He does he does take a minus tonight. Um, didn't get a point, but he has three shots on goal, three other shot attempts that didn't wind up getting through to the goalie. He was out late in the game when the Oilers are desperate to let a goal. I, I thought he made some nice passes through the neutral zone. I, I want to continue to see Bouchard play. I, I mean, he helps the Oilers 
get the puck up the ice and do positive things in the offensive end. Yes, as a younger player, he's going to have to learn defending, but I, I would like to see him remain in the lineup. Well, there's going to be decisions that have to be made because when Bear comes back, Bear's going back up in the first pairing, and all of a sudden you got on your right side Bear, Russell, and Larson. Uh, or sorry, uh, Bear, um, Larson, and uh, Barry on your right side. That's your problem. Uh, Barry has, is running your power play, and as the caller just talked about, uh, Larson plays on your PK. And Bears in your first pairing. So do you flip-flop? Do you go with seven? Does one of the righties play on the left side? It, it, it's, uh, I, I, it's a tough call for the coaching staff, what they're going to do. They, they'd be much easier if they had a lefty because the lefties are the side that the struggles, I think, are more on. There's probably an easier way to step in on the left side for, for the Oilers and play defense than on the right side. Uh, but having said that, I thought Bouchard did look good. He, he does make smart plays. He moves the puck well. When you're a team that is, you're trying to build around a couple superstars and you're trying to be a puck control hockey club, then you certainly want guys that can move the puck. You want guys that are going to make the stick-to-stick pass, that are going to see the plays uh, before they develop so they know where the puck needs to go instead of the guys that are flipping it off the glass and out. So uh, tonight was his first real test, and, and I thought he was good. And I... I... I would not be surprised if the others, for a little while, go with the 7D and 11 forwards and flip-flop or double-shift Connor and Leon, and, and that's what will allow you to play your uh, four righties in the lineup and then just play guys in specific positions where Barry gets more power play time and Larson gets more PK time and, and try to find uh, uh, places and roles for each guy to play so that you can get Bouchard in the lineup because you're only, the only way you're going to get better is if you're playing in the games and learning that way. And uh, I, I thought through the two games we've seen, he has been very good. All right, Calgary takes it 6-4. We're going to go to Jim on the open line. Jim, you're going to be our finish the play contestant tonight, so I can tell you you already have a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd, top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. But before we get to that, give us your thought. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the, the team should have been better. I mean, they had three days off. They, they should have been uh, um, a little stronger, I think. The whole team, I mean, and uh, the other, te- the other team, uh, they played four games in six days. So I think they were probably a bit t- more tired than Edmonton. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how much fatigue or non-fatigue factored into into this game tonight. But uh, yeah, times throughout the season, I think the schedule will affect the uh, energy level of teams. Okay, we got our finish to play for you tonight, Jim. Angie, what have you cooked up? Puliyarvi streaks in, shot save, and Markstrom able to cover with no rebound. Okay, Yessi Puliyarvi doing pretty good this year, Jim. Our question for you is: uh, in the first half of uh, this season before he came and rejoined the uh, Edmonton Oilers in what country was he playing uh, in the, he was playing the KHL do you want to try that again uh, I'll give you one more guess <laughs> Russia I would, if, was, if you were going to guess Finland I think you'd have a better opportunity of winning England Finland oh Finland 
Okay. Okay. Well, Rob, you got him to say it, so you leave me no choice. <laughs> I wasn't going to be generous tonight, quite frankly. Uh, Jim, stay on the line. You're going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. Courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. You're far too kind, Rob Brown. you got to be old and crusty like me sometimes. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Maybe maybe <laughs> 20 or 30 games into the season, then maybe I'll be there. But right now, I'm I'm still happy. I'm still glass half full. All right, 6-4, the Flames win it. A uh, couple more calls to get to. You'll also hear from Darnell Nurse. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 6.30, Chet. All right, the Flames beat the Oilers 6-4, first of 10 meetings this season between the two teams. The Oilers dominated the first period, outshooting Calgary 17-3. They had a 2-1 lead. The Flames turned the tables in the second period, outshot the Oilers 16-5 and scored twice. They got goals a minute 54 apart. In 13 games this season, on eight occasions, have the Oilers allowed goals less than two minutes apart. Edmonton fought back in the third. They tied it early on a goal by Pugliarvi, but then Calgary got a couple of relatively quick ones and went on to win it 6-4. So the Oilers dropped to 6-7 and seven on the season. We have John on the open line. John, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, uh, sorry to keep the theme going, but I'm calling about goaltending. Uh, more big picture than the game tonight, because um, even before the game started, Costin was below 900. I mean, the facts are, as long as he's our number one goalie, there's pretty low chance we're going to be competing for a cup. And I just want to bring it back two years ago to how we got into this mess. Um, remember two years ago when... Bob Nicholson lets Peter Shirelli sign Kostin to a three-year, $4.5 million deal and then cans the GM two days later. I do remember that. I know, I know, I know you guys do. My, my point is, it was a terrible idea. Or like, it was just beyond stupid. You know you're about to make a regime change. You don't think the new GM might want to pick his own goalie for the future? And you're signing a guy who's like a rookie in his 30s for 4.5 million bucks. Think if we didn't do that, we would have the cap space to maybe have outbid Calgary for for uh, Markstrom, you know? Yep. Just, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Koskin, Koskin was a huge risk even for the year he was brought in before he got that contract. Yeah, I mean, I know he was a second-round pick, but he'd never played in the NHL. So, yeah, yeah I mean, re- regardless of what he got, it was a risk. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when they brought him in, yeah, okay, one year, two and a half, it is what it is. But they they overpaid him, mm-hmm. and over too much term, too much cap that you couldn't give that contract away the day it was signed to anybody. And and I'm just, I guess my point is like Bob Nicholson's a guy and who supposedly has a ton of respect in the industry. You know, he ran Hockey Canada where he has the pick of the litter for all these years. And honestly, he's proven himself incompetent at taking over the the leadership of this organization. The moves that he's made have set us back years by letting Shirelli cripple us and keeping us in a cap hell with moves like that that make absolutely no sense. Tons of people knew it the day it happened. Everybody's thinking, this makes no sense. Why would you... Why would why would you trust a GM you're about to fire and his scouting staff who you're about to get rid of at the end of the year to make a call on your goaltending for the next three years? Yeah, appreciate it. Re- Thanks for the at call. That time, at that time, Bob Nicholson came out and said that they, as a group, decided on that. They said it wasn't just Shirelli; it was their whole group decided that that was the right the right play. Well, I think that's the caller's point, though. 
that Nicholson oh. was involved in it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think he was saying, though, at first that he allowed Shirelli to do it. I think Bob Nicholson and the rest of the group felt it was a good move. It wasn't they said, okay, Shirelli, we're going to let you do what you want, and then I'm going to fire you. They, as a group, felt it was the right move. So, I mean, you can blame them for that. But I don't think they just allowed Shirelli to make a, a, a this long-term signing without their say so yeah i I don't remember exactly how it was worded at the time but the timing the timing was odd that that decision oh Oh, absolutely it was and then and then the gm would i think it was three or four days later the gm would be Mm -hmm. fired so you commit to the goaltender that the gm brought in let him extend that goaltender and then the gm's not around to deal with that goaltender being on the roster that, that is well, a, a, to, a totally relevant point. And I mean, oh, Koskinen is, he is, I mean, look, I, I, I actually, th- I don't want to totally crap all over because I do think he can play in the NHL. I mean, KJM called him a 1B or whatever. Like, I, I think he could be a good backup that plays two out of every five games. And maybe sometimes if he's hot, plays, you know, six out of nine if he's doing well. But then he needs to to sit for a while. So yeah, it's yeah, going to be no. tough, and it, it will. It does it like this again? Yes, the Oilers made mistakes. Yes, they have issues defensively, but I mean, Calgary did tonight too in, well, in large stretches of yeah, the game. Out, outside of the Montreal Canadiens, every team has got deficiencies on their back end and make big mistakes. We, we watched it tonight. The Oilers got a number of they got breakaways, they got two on ones, they had odd man breaks. The, the, the Calgary Flames had breakdowns in their own zone. We watched it against Ottawa. They did. Vancouver Canucks, I watched them today. It was a free-for-all, the number of opportunities the Leafs had. All teams have breakdowns. It's up to the goaltender to sometimes bail your, bail your teammates out. And tonight, Markstrom a number of times did for the Calgary Flames. Unfortunately for the Oilers, Koskinen wasn't able to bail them out. Not all bad goals, but there are, there are saves that you have to make at times to be a good goaltender, yeah, a, a sub 900 goals against average in the National Hockey League. I mean, the, the Oilers are fortunate to be where they are in the standings with the goaltending stats that they have uh, through 12 or 13 games. I mean, they, they, that is outside a playoff uh, picture type of stats for their starting goaltender. All right, we have Steve on the open line as well. Steve, go ahead, sir. Good show tonight. Listen, I'm going to come at it from a different perspective, okay? We've known for years we've had uh, questionable goaltending, so let's be thankful, man. Are you kidding me? Ten goals in one night, and we got nine more contests coming up with uh, <laughs> with Calgary. I'm looking forward to it. Are you kidding? This is fantastic hockey. I'm thankful we got the NHL even on the television this year, and we've had terrible goaltending for years. So listen. I think the game tonight was fantastic, man. Ten goals in one night, and you can't just complain all the time. I mean, this is good hockey, and it's good for the league. I'll let you guys go. Have a good one. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I'm glad Steve did say that because sometimes we got to remind ourselves that uh, we weren't sure we're going to have a season. There's a lot of bad things happening in the world, and and just watching sports can be a bit of a bit of an escape. And, and he does make a good point, Rob, because when it was five three Flames, I was thinking, oh man, that's probably it. And then Nurse scores, and I was like, oh wait, 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 game on. Who knows what's going? Who knows what's well, going to happen? Reed, so there were wild to, swings. When it went to six four, I didn't think the game was out of hand. In all honesty, I mean, the Oilers were one shot away from turning it into a game again. The entertainment value of the game tonight was huge. 
it was exciting to watch. I mean, both teams have got star players that are fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're nitpicking the, the parts of the game that the Oilers were not good at, and defensively and goaltending, they were they were there. But uh, is, And, I mean, if you want to go glass half full, I mean, <laughs> the Oilers and the Canadian division has been relatively um, safe from COVID over the, the first 12 games of the year. You look at how many games were canceled tonight? Three or four, wasn't it, down in the United States? Well, yeah, and I know that you six had games on a Saturday. It's usually way more. Yeah. Yeah. And John Shannon was talking about the fact earlier when you were chatting with him that the some of the U.S. divisions, I mean, there's a possibility they, they might not play a full season. They might have to shorten their year, year because of uh, players being put into the protocols. I mean, I saw, what it was, in New Jersey the other day, it seemed like they had 13 or 14 players. I think it got up to 17 at one point. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, so it, looking at a positive, the, the, the Oilers have played every game. The Canadian division has not had to cancel anything. But when you're a diehard fan and you live and breathe for the Oilers, when the team loses, you look to find out where, where the, uh, the mistakes were, what, what the deficiencies in the game are. And goaltending is, was a question mark before the season. And I think through almost a quarter of the season, it's still a question mark. Yeah, that's a good point. We're, we're almost, there's all much that much of the season done. That's a really good point. Okay, hey, I'm glad this gentleman has called in. He often sends me uh, entertaining, smile-inducing notes on the text line. We have Colton at 780-496-0063. Colton, go ahead. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Good. Hey, I have a question for you guys. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, he looks like a changed man. Like, what does that one year in Finland do for him that made him look like such a beast? Like, um, he's going to turn into a monster in two years, like the way he's playing. Like, me and my brother-in-law were watching him tonight, and, like, we're thinking, wow, like, two, three more years, this guy's going to be, like, a, a tank, like, unstoppable. And then, yeah, and then I have one more kind of crazy, wacky question. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe my eyesight is going out of whack but does uh is it me like he's still an unreal player like world-class player is it just me and i feel bad to say it because i'm the same age as him and a month apart is ryan nugent hopkins losing a step like a foot speed it's up to you now guys okay well first of all i think pulley in finland was I, I think he realized the things that he had to learn to, or the things that he had to improve on to do better in the North American game. And he talked about body positioning and engaging in battles and, and playing hard on the puck and all that kind of stuff. And I think he was probably also confronted with where do I want to play? You know, if I, if I don't take advantage of this, maybe I never go back to the NHL and, and I lose an opportunity to get, to uh, to play in the best league in in the world, so I, I think he you know embraced a, a second chance here, and he's made the most of it. Uh, geez, as for Nuge losing a step, I I don't know. What, would you say that, Rob? Uh, I I don't think so. No, I I think that. I mean, what what's his stats for the season? I think he's got off to not a bad start to the year isn't it i i haven't even looked at stats in a while tonight but... so he's at uh what is he at now he's at 11 points in 13 games so he that's on pace for probably would be on pace for his best year ever or close to it because i think he's had what is it 60 points is his best every year 60 around there yep i think 62 yeah, so, i mean that 
Yeah, so it's, he's still on pace for his best year ever. So, no, I, I don't think he's lost a step. I, I well, sorry, he had that, 69 points a couple of years ago. Okay, 69. so right around his best year. So, no, I think he is what he is. I think he's a, a good complimentary player that that uh, will play with either Connor or Leon, and he, he helps make them better. But, um, yeah, I, he's been fine. I, I think there's some nights you want more from him. Uh, and other nights you're like, oh, there's Ryan, he's back. 6-4, the Flames take it. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Before we get to Louie at 780-496-0063, back to Calgary, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's Darnell Nurse. I am pretty hard in that first period. It was just a matter of we needed more than a 2-1 lead going into the second. Yeah, they pushed uh, back there in the second, and... Uh, our, our response wasn't wasn't good enough, and then they got the upper hand, and then we're chasing a little bit the, the rest of the game. So uh, we had, we had a good start, but you got to carry that into the second and third and find a way to uh, put the nail in it. Uh, and, and I guess what did you see uh, defensively on there? And they they got six goals today. It was just a matter of uh, positioning, or what did you see uh, that you guys need to be better at defensively? Yeah, it was probably a couple few too many chances uh, right in the slot, and that's uh, that's on us to clean up. We can't uh, be leaving our goalie out to dry like that in, uh, in front of our net, so that's, uh, that's for us to clean up. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. This is another one. You score four tonight, and it's not enough. Uh, you guys are – there's no doubt about your offense, uh, but it's becoming clear you're having a hard time keeping the puck out of your net, whether it's PK or five-on-five. Where do you think it's the, the problem lies, Darnell? Where do you begin fixing this? Uh, you score, get six goals scored on you. There's a few things you need to clean up. So um, we know we need to be better in our own zone and uh, support each other in the middle of the ice. And to take care of that, we know we have enough offense. So. Thank you. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Darnell, this is the eighth time this year the Oilers have given up two goals in two minutes. So that seems to be a bit of a problem too. The response when one when the opposing team scores one, they get another quick one on you, and they turn a, a lead into a deficit. Is that something that you're aware of, or do you just have to buckle down a little bit more when the team scores one? Uh, it's the first time I've ever heard that. So um, yeah, for for us, I mean, anytime you give up one, your goal has got to be to get the next one or or find a way to get some momentum. Uh, giving up uh, two goals in, the, in that tight of a time frame is uh, is never good, and that's how teams get the momentum and, and start to roll in. All right, that's Darnell Nurse, who got his fourth goal of the season tonight. His final stats, uh, he had that goal, minus one, played 25-52, three shots on goal. Some notes here for the Oilers. McDavid played 28-16. Dreisaitl played 27-03. They basically didn't leave the ice in the last uh, last five and a half minutes or so. McDavid with uh, two points, so he keeps his streak going to nine games. Dreisaitl had uh, a point. He keeps his streak going to nine games as well. Slater Cuckoo, the low man, when it came to the ice time, he only played 5-16 tonight. Uh, William Laguson played 9-28. Zach Cassian uh, amongst the forwards, 9-52. And Jujar Kara played the least with the forwards. He came in at 8-35. Shots on goal. 
It was Pugliarvi with four, Nugent Hopkins with four. Laid the, the Oilers in shots. The Oilers 51% in the faceoff circle, again, largely because of Leon Dreisaitl going 18 out of 27 for 67%. So as you can guess, the other guys were not as good as Leon. It's off. It's often if they're below or above or below 50, depends on how well Leon does in the faceoff circle. You know what's funny too, Reed is uh, I was a was a few games ago when a lot of callers called in and wondering why Tippett didn't call a timeout late in the game and leave Leon and Connor on. He said, "Well, it would have been what was it, a minute and a half or a minute forty? Yeah. They would have had to play it at the end." <laughs> well, they That's played nothing. five and a half minutes to end the game, and they still looked pretty fresh at the end as they were all over the Flames tonight. So I think it's now safe to say that. They can call a timeout and leave those guys out at any time because they have... It, it is amazing. Honestly, it is amazing that they can play over five minutes in a shift there at the end of a game and continue to dominate at that point. The, the fatigue doesn't seem to affect either Leon or Connor. It's... Uh, I, I've never seen athletes like that where they can continue at that high a level and it does it's almost like it's like when you played video games you have the one guy that's fast he's fast the whole game it doesn't matter you can play him the whole time and that's what these two are like they don't tire it's nice nice having the back in your back pocket as a coaching staff say all right you know what? we're gonna play him 29 minutes tonight it won't really affect them as the game goes on Oilers lose 6-4 to the flames we have louis standing by good morning louis how are you doing go ahead good how are you guys tonight good just wanted to say, uh, every game that I've seen, win or lose, I've been pretty impressive for your early plays. He's kind of all over the ice and playing well, and I think Connor likes playing with him. Uh, the other thing, I'm not going to beat a dead horse with the goaltending. The one thing I wanted to kind of see what you guys thought of is Cassian. Maybe he needs to get into a tilt or, or do something, but I've seen that he's hardly thrown any body checks. Uh, he doesn't seem involved, not just in this game, but it seems like the start of this year he's had a little trouble getting going. Just wanted your guys' thoughts. Well, I think uh, you're right. Point. Yeah, that's an absolute uh, great point. Um, the, the, what made Cassian effective was he played right on the edge. And when you were playing against him, you always had to know where he was on the ice because there's a little bit of fear because he would run through you. And we haven't seen that out of him over the last, well, I guess, last half of last year and then the first part of this year. Uh, he lost his spot on the first line, which, I mean, there was a lot of speculation before the year went who was going to play with who, but I think that was probably the safest best bet that was Cassian was going to start with Connor McDavid. And he wasn't the same player that they needed him to be there. And to give up that spot, I mean... Ooh, careers are made by playing with guys that good. I I, I know. I've been there. Um, so, yeah, he he is a guy that can change the game in a shift and not with a, an end-to-end rush, but with a, a physical shift, with a frustrating shift for the opposition, with a forecheck, uh, with a little bit of nastiness. And we haven't seen uh, that near consistently enough this season and that goes, which is more um, obvious or, or you notice it more because it's a carryover from last year's play-in series where he did not have a strong play-in series against the Blackhawks. So, yeah, I 100% agree that uh, they need more out of Zach Cassian. This team is much more effective when Zach Cassian plays with, plays with edge. 6-4 Calgary takes it tonight. 
They get back to 500, 5-5-1. Five, five and one. The Oilers are 6-7. and seven. We have uh, Ahmet on the line. I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Is it, is it Ahmet? Yeah, that's right. That's perfect. Oh, okay, cool. Go ahead. Oh, thanks, guys. I always enjoy listening to you. Uh, I also won't beat the, the goaltending to death. Uh, just a, a couple things. One, uh, of course, uh, a lot of talk around the depth scoring around the team. Uh, the third line, kind of want to know how much more rope you'd give to tourists before putting Haas on that third line as a third line center. And then just a two-part McDavid question. Uh, when he went into the bo- uh, boards a little hard there uh, with his knee, um, it, it seemed like the rest of the game he wasn't, uh, he wasn't himself. I mean, I've watched McDavid every single game. That explosive I just didn't find, find. I found he was a little tentative throughout the game uh, after the going into the boards. And then the second thing is the Giordano play. Uh, you know, looking at that replay closer, it looks like Giordano hacked his stick at his skate. He went down there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the play? Okay, a few things there. First of all, I I think. Yeah, I mean, Haas is pushing. We'll, we'll, I mean, something's wrong with him, so I don't know if it's a COVID situation or something else happened, but he's he's unfit to play. Um, now, the last game when Turris didn't play a lot, he also had to go to the dressing room for part of the game because of an issue. But I think... I don't know, Rob. I, I, I don't know if Haas is going to totally supplant Turris, but I think Haas has done enough when he's played that... If, if to me, if now Gaetan Haas plays, he's not obviously the fourth line center. If he's having a better game, I think he would get more ice time than Turris. Yeah, I'm 100, 100% agree with you. I think that with the way that the season's going and the way that Turris has been given an opportunity, that in a game, if Haas is playing like he did the last time we saw him, that he will get more ice time. Dave Tippett is going to play guys based on what they're giving him each night. And Turris. Uh, I don't think he has given the Oilers what they were expecting yet. I, I don't think we've seen that. As for McDavid, as for him being uh, touch, I don't know, tentative, I, I didn't see that. It, to me, it's, it, I can't really tell because we, we're not in Calgary. We, when you see, sit up top in the stands, it's much easier to follow a player uh, and, and you can notice things like that. Watching on TV, I can't notice if a guy's favoring something. To me, he looked fast. They kept showing... On TV, every once in a while, they would show how fast he was going each shift. And it was speeds that no one else in the National Hockey League can reach. So, to me, he looked healthy. He looked fine. As for the trip or, or when he went into the goaltender, that is it's a hockey play where he's beat a guy and two guys are trying to stop him from getting the net. It should have been a trip. And the other should have had a five on three. The refs missed it because the one thing that McDavid does is he goes really fast, and sometimes it's hard to catch those things. Uh, it was a missed call by the referee, but I, I, don't, I don't think there's any intent on either player. It's just they were beaten. They were trying to stop the best player in the world from getting a goal-scoring chance. All right. 6-4, the Flames win it. You can get more on globalnews.ca, 630chet.com. Oh, Rob, what's your Super Bowl pick? Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a football pool, Reed. Uh, we all threw some money in and we had a draft. And in the draft, I drafted the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, so I won. am already a winner. But I'm I'm going Chiefs. I, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan now, so I'm cheering for the Chiefs. I need Chiefs a score. Tomorrow. I'm going to go with 38 to 28. Okay. 
I'm cheering for the Chiefs, but I'm picking Tampa Bay 25-23. Something okay, unusual. No. Something you unusual is no. going to happen and help Brady. I can't. I, can't, I was. I had in this pool. I. I can't cheer against Rob, my t- your team. You can't it does, do that. I, I, I separate it. I'm making a pick. It's not the team I'm cheering for. I know that bothers that, you, but that's how. That's it it how bothers I me a lot emotionally. I cannot do that. It's just too much. <laughs> I'm like, I got to cheer for the team. I'll, I actually was in a. I had a bet with a guy, and I had. I had who I did. I can't remember the team, but I was cheering. Oh, I had, I had Tampa. And I was cheering for Green Bay to beat my team because Green Bay is my team. And I was cheering against the guys that I had money on. So you got to cheer <laughs> for right. your team, Reed. Enjoy the game, buddy. You too. Take care, bud. All right. And we are back at it on Monday. That's our next game broadcast. 3.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 5. Oilers at Senators. Of course, Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and Angie Quinnell. She's our studio producer back at 6.30. Chad, it's 12 after midnight. Either go to bed or, I don't know, maybe throw in a VHS copy of Police Academy. Maybe that maybe that's something to do on a Saturday night. I don't know. We've been in the Friesen Brothers broadcast booth, Heartland Ford, overtime open line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Take care.